Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 98 Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Josh, the 98 Know-It-All. And ladies and gentlemen, it's been kind of interesting because I haven't really felt like the podcast is back yet, even though I did a couple around the new year. But now I actually have a guest on tonight, so I'm excited about that. But I do want to say one thing before I get going into it. I just found out that Zoom can do live broadcasts on YouTube and Facebook. And I feel stupid because I've been wanting to do that for like years and never did it. So I'm not a, you know, I know technology, but I was a little blown away with that. So uh, look forward to the future of having some Zoom stuff going on, maybe Facebook, just having some fun talking baseball and maybe even interacting with, you know, you guys a lot more in a live event type thing. But you know what, that's something for the future. Who knows what will happen because I don't know. Technology is funny. We'll figure it out. But guys, let's go ahead and get into tonight's podcast. I'm excited because my guest has connections to the Northwest, to the Great Plains, and even down kind of in the South, Southeast area. Um, So tonight's guest is Josiah Juligay. He is an assistant coach for Chattanooga State. Josiah, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. So like I said, you have connections across the country. And for me, you know, doing Northwest Baseball Report, doing Great Plains Baseball Report, it's fun for me to be able to see guys who have that connection because I've, I've been amazed at how many guys have that crossover connection. So for you, let's start with the Northwest. I mean, tell me a little bit about your background and, and being part of baseball in the Northwest. So uh, I went to Timberline High School, uh, played for a couple coaches. Uh, we all know Derek Weldon, the, the head coach at Olympia High School right now. You know, he's building a little bit of a powerhouse over there. And, you know, one of the greatest coaches that I've played for. I mean, he just the way that he sees the game and the things that he does, you know, learned a lot from him. Uh, so I went to Timberline High School when he was the, the coach there. Um, and then uh, my senior year, they uh, ended up switching coaches. And then after that, I went on to Everett CC and got to play for uh, Levi Lacey, another phenomenal coach in the Northwest. I mean, the things that he did at Everett and the time that he was there was amazing. So um, ended up going to Everett, uh, had Tommy John surgery, and then, uh, you know, just the, the path to the rehab, getting back and getting healthy. Uh, took a couple years off, went to Green River. I uh, was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do after, you know, anybody goes through that, that injury bug and just trying to get back healthy. And uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to go on to Bemidji State and, and play out there and finish up my career. So um, growing up in the Northwest playing, you know, I went down, I got the opportunity to play in the California Collegiate League. Um, and so just kind of got to have a very broad baseball experience all over the country. So, you know, being on the coaching side of it now, you know, you don't realize how small the baseball world is, but I mean, all of us that have been in the baseball world, you know, we all know how small it is because you, you know someone that played with someone somewhere, it seems like, and it very, very quickly you uh, start to figure out how close your connections really are. So, yeah, that's one thing that, you know, I've noticed just over the years just covering baseball is I think, OK, I, I know the coaches and players in the Northwest. And the next thing I know, I'm like, oh, no, I, I know a coach in Florida. I know a coach in Texas. And just it kind of it just grows. And, you know, you mentioned Levi Lacey and he is he is one of the best coaches I've ever seen out of the Northwest. I mean, he knows his stuff inside and out and got the privilege of covering Everett um, a few times with, with him coaching, you know, for you as a coach. Now, when you look back at the different coaches you've had, whether it be Levi Lacey or others, what are some things that you have learned or things that you have kind of kind of mimicked or copied to use, you know, with your team now? I think the biggest thing that that you uh, embrace is, you know, Everett 
everybody hears about the grind and, you know, it's something that all baseball players really talk about. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, that staff up there with Kurt Nelson and, and Cody Atkins they, and Braden Edwards, they, they really just get you to embrace the grind. And I think that's really what, you know, any college baseball player or, or coach is going to say is, you know, you just got to embrace that grind. It's, you know, it's a full-time job and, you know, you're there for 6am weights and then you're there for afternoon hitting. And, you know, you really have to be, develop to the grind and, and, you know, just make it a part of your lifestyle. And that was kind of the the big motto. And and I think they still use it up there. I've, I've got a buddy, uh, Ezra, that's up there. And I think Braden, Ed, Braden Edwards is still there. Um, and they, they still to this day, they just talk about that grind, you know, the Trojan grit. So, um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing that I've, I've mimicked in, in my coaching career. And, you know, it was the thing that I embraced even after I left Everett. It's just like, you have to be obsessed with the grind. You have to be obsessed with the game and it's, it's your full-time job. So just preaching that to young athletes and, you know, getting them to buy in, you know, that was another big thing that I think I took away from the Everett program is, you know, jumping. It's, it's, it's one thing to like buy into the baseball side of it, you know, buying into the team, buying into the philosophies and, you know, um, you don't even have to have the most talented teams, but if you can get everybody on that program to just buy into philosophy, you know, it, it makes that program just so much better. So. Yeah. And, you know, and a lot of guys who have played Juco talk about the grind and I'll be honest before I started covering, you know, Juco baseball, I was like, okay, I understand it's a hardworking thing, but after covering lower Columbia and, and being around at schools like Centralia and, and Yakima and Spokane and, and Everett and seeing what those guys actually put in time-wise, it truly is a grind. I mean, they put in more than a full time's work each week, plus school, plus just living life. Cause I mean, you can't just be baseball in school. You got to have a life of some sort. And so it is something that I think people under don't understand just the kind of dedication that, that Juco players put in, you know, and then, you know, it's one of those things where it really kind of affects you in the future. I mean, obviously for you playing at a Juco like Everett, and then you go off to Bemidji state where it's a different type of grind. Now you have a weather issue that, you know, I'm living in North Dakota. I know what the weather is like. It, it sucks a lot of times. Oh yeah. So for you, I mean, did that grind kind of help you, but in a different way? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that it really helps you develop that mental toughness, you know, being out where you're at, you, you walk outside in that wind, it cuts through you. Uh, I remember I got off the plane. I went on my visit to Bemidji in May and I mean, in Minnesota in May is gorgeous and you step outside, it's sunny blue skies. And you're like, man, I want to live the rest of my life here. And then I got off the plane in January after break and my buddy picked me up and I, I walked out of the airport in Minneapolis and I was like, I looked down at the ground. I was, you know, I might just turn around and get back on the plane and go back home. Like this, this is crazy. Negative 20 degrees. You got the wind howling, but um, you know, obviously I, I stayed, but uh, it, it definitely tests you a little bit. And in that mental toughness, you know, when you're in those games in, in early March, you, uh, you're out in the cold and, and you're getting ready for a game, you're off the bus, you're, you're bundled up. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's sweatshirts off and you're down to that, just the Under Armour and it's, it's time to go. And, you know, that mental toughness really just settles in. And I think that, you know, that's one big thing that I, that I took away from, you know, being in the Northwest, you know, we, we deal with similar, similar climate, not necessarily the extreme colds, but um, I definitely think that that, that mental toughness that was built at being in a program like that, it, it really carries over, you know, just about anywhere you go. So. Yeah, absolutely. No, that was one of the things I had to learn the hard way going out and photographing and, you know, March and all of a sudden my fingers are like freezing to the camera. So yeah. And I, I get to wear the big coats when I'm covering stuff. So it makes it nice, but you know, you get a good chance to go out and you know, you've played 
a few different places, and now you've transitioned into coaching. What was one of the most challenging parts of going from player to coach? I, I think that, you know, establishing that line between, you know, trying to be their buddies, but also trying to like be a mentor to them because, um, you know, I, I, re I really, you know, I wanted to be that player's coach, but also at the same time, like drawing that line between being their friends and like trying to get the, the most out of them, you know, it, it definitely was a learning experience. Um, and then coaching with, with uh, Dick Kevin Davis and, and Jim O'Dell at, at Pierce last year, um, I really, they did an amazing job of just, you know, helping me figure out like, you know, this is where you can be loose and relaxed and this is how you can approach different things. And then, you know, now it's time to, you know, get, get on them in, in this aspect. And so just learning that line between, you know, being their buddy and, and being their mentor, uh, you know, I think that that was the, the definite, the big battle for me. Um, and then coming over to Chat State, you know, uh, Coach Dennis is, I mean, one of the, the best coaches in, in JUCO. Um, he's been here for a long time, had a lot of success here. And, uh, you know, it's just, you learn something everywhere you go. And, and, you know, the more years that you're in coaching college, you definitely, you pick things up from everybody. You figure out what works for you and you figure out what doesn't work for you and you figure out where to apply what. So, yeah, and that's one of the things I've seen with, with new coaches is they they either go the extreme of being too nice to the players or they go to the extreme of being too harsh on on them. And so yeah, I kind of, kind of find that middle ground. But you know, we kind of talked about earlier how the baseball world is a small world. I mean, you you really truly meet people and know people all over the place. What has it been like for you as a young coach? Have you been able to reach out to other coaches and kind of talk to them and really kind of get some ideas of things that you can work on for you and for your team? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I had grown up playing for Josh Bolton uh, out of Olympia. He's from Capitol High School, and uh, he played a couple of years in minor leagues. And he's kind of been my, my infield mentor. You know, I work with infielders and hitters primarily. And so, um, I mean, to this day, I still reach out to him on text messages. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going through like this with, with a certain player. Like, and this is, you know, what I've seen. I've tried to do this, this, and this. And, and you know, he'll bring something up. I'm like, okay, we'll try going about it this way. Or, you know, even like he, he tells me to this day, like I'm, I'm still learning things as well. Like I picked up this drill a couple of weeks ago. And this is from a guy that's been coaching for 30 years, you know. Um, and then Cassidy Gaines, he's up at Salem, Salem U. Um, up in West Virginia. And, you know, he, I played for him at Bemidji. He was the assistant coach when I was there and, you know, coming into coaching, I, I definitely reached out to him a few times and, you know, you know, I'm trying to do this I'm learning this, um, you know, how do I approach this situation? So um, the, the great thing about the baseball community, you know, not just the Northwest, but anywhere you go, I mean, everybody's here to help everybody, you know, everyone the more years that you're in it the more that you learn from other guys and you know they see situations that you haven't seen and, and you see situations that they haven't seen so um it's you know it's very competitive on the field but when we're in the off season we're all just trying to to do the best that we can for our programs and so you know there's a lot of knowledge sharing that goes across so um i think that, that any bit college baseball coach will end up telling you that you know that we're here to to be a learning community and you know us making you better makes us better and also you know it benefits everybody so yeah, that was one of the things that, that I was kind of not amazed at, but you know, a couple of years ago, I asked out, asked some coaches, hey, I need help with my daughter for hitting. And I had coaches all over the place, like sending me, hey, this, this, and that, you know, try this out. And it was just amazing that, you know, I've got division one head coaches who are like, hey, give me a call. We'll talk for 20 minutes on what you need to do. And, you know, and just that, that willingness to, to interact and to be a, a community is so amazing. I mean, even the, the convention, uh, for coaches was just recently and 
seeing all the guys down there is, is always fun, always exciting. Someday I'll get to that and actually participate in it. You know, but once again, for you, I mean, now you're down at Chattanooga. You know, what are some things that you are um, trying to focus on for your role with that team? What are some things you're trying to help the guys develop and kind of, I don't know, just improve at? Um, we're, we're a little bit of a younger team. Um, they had a lot of success last year, moved a lot of guys on. And so we are a little bit younger. We're dealing with some transfer guys. Um, and so I, I think that the, the big thing that, that we've been working through is just trying to, to coach them up. You know, there's a, a big jump out of high school, you know, and a lot of kids, they'll tell you, you know, I'm ready for that jump. And, um, I, I remember on my visit, Levi told me, uh, he said, I want you to imagine the hardest week of baseball that you've ever had in your life in high school. And then I want you to take that and put it into one day and multiply it by 300 days in a year. And you still have no idea what you're getting yourself into for college baseball. And that quote has stuck with me my entire life, my entire playing career, coaching career. Um, and that's just some, a story that I share with, with all my guys. Like you really don't know what you're getting yourself into until you're actually in the situation. And so, um, you know, these guys are getting away from home for the first time. And so, you know, they're dealing with, with being an adult, you know, managing money, managing time, managing classes. And so, um, that's kind of the big focus with us is like, you know, really trying to instill like that buy-in and like how much time you really should be here. You know, you know, how much time are you spending hitting on your own? You know, we've been working with the hitters and I, I forget the exact number that we put on a, a goal for how many swings they should take before the season. But um, they looked at us and they're like, that's a crazy number. You know, we're 27 days out. Like, how am I going to get, I think it was like 7,000 or 8,000 swings before, you know, we have first pitch hit. And I'm, we're sitting there doing the math and I'm like, that's like three, 400 swings a day. Like, that's, that's like minimum. I, you know, I can remember days that I'd hit five, 600 swings and just be out there, you know? Um, so just really yeah, getting them to, to understand that, you know, this is a lifestyle and you came to college to do baseball, you know, and if you want to be one of the ones that does this for a while, you really got to just buy into that time commitment. And, and uh, you know, you only have four years and, and that four years goes quick. You know, I know COVID's really extended that for some guys, but I mean, five years is still, it goes quicker than you think. So um, just taking the most that you can get out of the the five, four years that you get. And, um, you know, if you're fortunate, you get more. So uh, the time's really on the clock for these guys and getting them to, to understand and believe and buy that. It's, it's just, that's our big focal point this year, I think. Absolutely. And then, you know, one of the things that I've kind of tried to figure out, trying to realize is, you know, baseball across the nation is baseball. It is the same. But it's also different. You know, I've realized that the Northwest style and even the Great Plains style is a little bit different. One, you know, you get like the, the NWAC is wood bats. So that's a huge change to here. I'm hearing metal bats, which I hate metal bats. I prefer wood bats. Let's just say that again. <laughs> um, but, you know, have you kind of seen that maybe there's some different styles of play based on the different regions or just some things that are a little different, you know, region to region? Oh, 100 um... percent. You know, the first time that I really noticed it was, um, you know, playing the NWAC wood bat, like you said, um, and then you make that jump to the NSIC and you get metal in your your hand for the first time in three years. And uh, I remember stepping on the field and, and just that first round of BP, I'm like, man, this is, you know, and you hit with metal in high school, but you go through two, two years of a college weight program and then you get a metal bat back in your hand. And I mean, the ball jumps a little bit, you know, you really start to feel like you're being rewarded for that time in the weight room. Um, but then being on the coaching side of it too, um, you know, being in the NWAC last year, I think that, you know, the pitching, the NWAC's good. Um, but I think that the pitching over here, you got to be even better because, you know, the JUCO is a metal bat league. And so when you're on a, go ahead, coaching a pitching staff, 
it, you really just got to be a lot more careful with location of your pitches and, and, you know, how you're setting guys up. I, you know, I think that in the NWAC, some of the guys that get away with having good velo and not great command, um, you know, and there's some programs that do a great job of doing it, but, um, you know, you can, you can get away with a couple more mistakes with the wood bat with metal bat. I mean, you don't get away with a whole lot of mistakes. That ball really starts to go. You got the, the Southeast winds that blow a little bit. And, um, you know, one thing that I've noticed is they're a little bit more physical out this way in, in the Southeast. So, um, you know, just with that factor alone as well, I, I think that that's been a, a huge eye opener for me is, you know, you really got to be particular with, with your pitch location out here and, and the way that you set hitters up. Yeah. That's one of the things I've noticed, you know, the Northwest I think of as, very scrappy with a lot of its players, guys who do anything where, you know, I've gone down and covered, you know, some of the, the uh, community college in the Phoenix area and they're just big. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. They're just big guys. And even here kind of like in North Dakota covering Bismarck state college, there's just some big guys and they're still a little scrappy. I mean, that's the way it is, but you, just the type of guy that plays in the NWAC versus here in the Mondac and, you know, down in Phoenix and different areas, you can see just a different physicality. Like, like you said, um, but it's fun to see because I think for coaches, you know, obviously you got to learn how to coach to your player's style. And if you have big bruisers, then yeah, you go for the long ball. But in the NWAC, other other places, you can't just go for the long ball because it doesn't always work that way. Yeah, for sure. No, and you know, coming into this this conference and with, with this group of guys and, and noticing that physicality, I think that the the blessing for me being in a wood bat conference, teaching the short, the short compact swing and, and uh, focusing a little bit more on mechanical structure versus, you know, uh, then you come out here and you got these bigger physical guys and they just, they just want to swing hard at everything. And, you know, there's a time and a place to do it, but also getting our hitters to understand, you know, being balanced, being in rhythm, you know, pitch selection, having plans at the plate and, and understanding your times and which you can do that. And, and I think that that's been the, the, the big focus with our hitters right now is, is getting them to, to think more about situational hitting, thinking more about, you know, a more structured approach um, and just, you know, really diving in. We've spent a lot of time working short bat stuff, trying to compact swings. Um, and then, you know, once we start getting out on the field, we'll let it open up a little bit. Um, we do a lot of control BP, um, a lot of target BP, just trying to, to get guys to have good barrel control. And then, you know, we spent a lot of time in the barn just working rhythm and balance and, and being on time. So. And then once again, you had a chance to play at a lot of different places. I know in the Northwest, there's some absolutely beautiful fields to play at. I know even here in the Great Plains and Minnesota area, there's some really nice fields. And I'm sure down in, you know, Chattanooga, there's some decent fields down there too with some great scenery. What has been your favorite place to either play or coach at? Um, just from a, a field standpoint, hands down, without a doubt, U.S. Bank. When uh, Bemidji State, we opened every year at U.S. Bank Stadium, the Viking Stadium, um, and it's a lottery slot. And so um, you don't really know what time you're going to get. Um, I think it was Michigan State and, and somebody else was playing the slot before us, and they had the like six to eight and the 10 to 12 slot. And we started at midnight to two and then like started our second game at two o'clock. So the, the time was rough a little bit for me uh, in the cities, but I mean, it's, it's an NFL stadium. It doesn't get any better than that. Uh, I just remember walking in and seeing the tall glass ceilings and the purple everywhere. And, you know, I'm, I'm a Seahawks fan at heart. And so, you know, it hurt a little bit to like get excited about walking into a Viking stadium, but I mean, the park was gorgeous and just taking BP there, taking ground balls on that turf. Um, by far the, the coolest stadium that I've played at. I mean, the close second in the NWAC would just be Everett. I mean, Aquasock Stadium, or I think it's called Funko now, is awesome stadium to play at. But, um, you know, my, my two-year JUCO experience, definitely Everett. And then 
uh, U.S. Bank was easily my my top one for Bemidji. So, yeah, I'll admit for those of you who have never been to the Northwest, there are some beautiful community college fields up there, like Wenatchee. I mean, just go down Yakima. to yeah, Yakima's got a nice one. It just it's it's for a community college, small little league. It's got a lot of little gems there. I, I love doing that. Love covering the summer league up there. Um, you know, but also for you, you're still a young coach, still learning. Like you said, I mean, even the older coaches are learning. But what is one piece of advice that you would give to maybe a player who's about to make that transition to coaching? What is something you would tell them that you've had to learn maybe the hard way or take a little time that would help save them a little bit? Um, do your research, uh, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, to think, you know, or don't be afraid to like look into things and, and ask questions and, and pick other coaches brains. I think that, um, you know, I, I know that my first year I was a little bit more reserved about asking things cause I didn't want to seem like I didn't know what I was talking about. And it's like, you know, I had a, a pretty decent career and, you know, transitioning and coaching, I wanted to seem like, you know, I, I know everything, but you know, you don't know everything. Not, nobody knows everything. And so, um, you know, listening more than you talk and, and really listening to what those guys that have been there for a while and been successful, because obviously if they've been there for a while and been successful, there's things that they do certain ways that, you know, it works that way. So um, don't be so quick to, to try and reinvent things. I mean, there's always a time and place to, to try and reinvent things or bring new things in, but um, just really listen and, and ask questions and, and watch the way that, that those guys do things. Cause um, I mean, those guys are there for a reason. They've been there for a while. So um, that, I think that, that would be my biggest advice. And then the last question I have for you, Josiah, I mean, kind of thinking on the advice thing, obviously you've been a player, you've been a coach, and there's a lot of players who are, you know, going through their high school years, getting ready to go to college. You know, what is the advice you would give to a high school player who's trying to make that transition or trying to get recruited even? You know, just what would you tell a, you know, 16-year-old who wants to continue playing in college? I, and I, this is my favorite question. Get in the weight room yesterday. I mean, the like we touched on the physicality. Uh, I, you hear coaches harp on it all the time, and and that's one of the big things with our recruiting class that um, we've been focusing on is like, you know, we're not necessarily looking for the big biggest guys, but we want the guys that are dedicated to the weight room that have good weight room habits, and you know that they're going to project in a couple of years. You know, uh, I was a guy that didn't project till late. You know, I lifted, but you know, I didn't. I didn't put on that mass and that size until I got older, but if you create those good weight room habits, you know, it just continues to go with, with the maturity and with the age. So, um, you know, we spent a lot of time, uh, with our weight program, uh, studying, developing it, um, picking, you know, big league clubs, brains, picking a couple of try. I got a, a buddy that's the strength conditioning coordinator over at driveline. Um, you know, and I text those guys on the daily and I would rec- recommend those high school guys, like find who your good lifting coaches are, find who knows what they're talking about, get with, with the personal trainer. And you don't need to stay with the personal trainer, but start to just learn about, you know, how your body works and, and how you can start to develop that mass. I mean, uh, I think that a lot of the high schoolers, they want to just go for the biceps and the abs, like it's summertime. And, you know, that's all great and good, but you know, the, you got to be quick twitch in baseball. And if you want to put on that mass, you got to focus on those big muscles, build that back, build those legs. Um, and so just get in the weight room and, and lift, have good uh, sleep habits. I think that's another one that we, we talk about a lot, you know, you can spend a lot of time lifting, but the body doesn't recover unless you're in rest. So um, get your eight hours of sleep, drink your, your, your water, you know, try to shy away from the soda and those empty calories. 
Um, you know, baseball is a full-time job. And so the, the more that you focus on your nutrition and, and what you're putting into your body and, and the way that you're lifting it, you're going to see the, the benefits in a couple of years. So, um, just become a, an addict and a committed person to the weight room. So. Absolutely. Well, Josiah, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I appreciate it. And, you know, good luck with your team this year and we'll see how things go. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Josiah Julegay. He's the assistant coach at Chattanooga State College. And man, I, once again, I love talking to guys who know the Northwest, know the Great Plains, but maybe are in a different area altogether. And just, you know, because you can kind of see there really is differences from region to region. And that's one thing I've loved seeing, you know, obviously being around the Northwest, a lot of scrappy players, guys who are kind of longer and leaner type of, of initial uh, body type. Initially, they do tend to get bigger as they get older, um, just from lifting weights. But, you know, you go down to, to Phoenix, you guys who are just, just big, they're just big. There's no other way to describe them. And up here in North Dakota, I've noticed there's a lot of guys who are just, they just have a bigger body type and it makes it for a different style of play. And it's all great, but you know what? I, I appreciate Josiah coming on. I mean, Sometimes I forget how much I love having guests on and talking baseball. Um, when you don't do it for a few days, a few weeks, and even a few months, you just kind of forget um, the fun it is to sit and talk with someone who, who loves the sport. And I miss that. But the good news is I got this one coming out because you just heard this one. And I've got three more podcasts um, scheduled to be recorded coming up this week. More coming after that. So lots of good stuff. Having fun covering baseball again, and just getting at it. So, guys, with that, I am Josh, the Not Any Know-It-All. I will talk to you guys later. Enjoy the – if you're in the no Northwest, the rain. If you're in California, the rain. If you're in the Great Plains, enjoy the freezing temperatures because it doesn't get warm here. Um, everywhere else, just enjoy the baseball. Talk to you guys later.